good day, good afternoon, good night. How you doing? This is MCM and you're listening to You're Probably Right. Today we are going to have a serious conversation. Well, maybe not a serious conversation, but there's going to be a serious talk happening here. Now, of course, I'm only doing the talking, but just stay tuned. Hello, everyone. This is You're Probably Right Podcast, and I am your host. Sorry, I'm moving around here, so the mic might be going up and down. I have no idea what I pressed, but this thing is going crazy. And I'm hoping that it is recording, which it does seem to be doing. Let me just, okay, that's better. That's better. (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry. Sometimes I forget that anybody's actually listening to me. And the crazy thing is people are actually listening to me. How do you like them apples? It actually slowed down. I can be honest with you. It actually slowed down since um, summertime. For some reason, uh, podcasts aren't the biggest during summer. But as the wind starts to meet the road no (laughs) as it starts to get colder for some reason for some reason for some reason it seems like the something to do (laughs) the something to do yes that's what i said the something to do okay i wanted to talk a little bit about the qp situation with the education minister in Ontario, Canada. Now, I'm not going to get nervous about this because I don't have a lot to lose, but for some reason, I have this pretty big stretch of a reach. I know I could probably say that a lot better than the way I just did, but my audience, this is what I'm talking about. My audience, my audience, geez, it's one of those tongue twister days for me, I guess, guys, when there's actually no tongue twister anywhere near me, but for some reason, I'm just speaking normal language and it's coming out all twisted. <laughs> but, um, yeah, my listeners are mostly in the the United States. You know what it is? It's this latency on this microphone that's throwing me off. So, you know what? I'm going to get rid of it. I know my microphone's working, so I'm just going to try to wing it without it. For some reason, it's nicer to hear my voice, though, when I'm speaking. I might put it back on afterwards, but sometimes it makes me slur my words because um, it's like I'm listening and I'm talking at the same time. Those of you who've recorded themselves know exactly or who recorded themselves yeah um understand what i'm talking about anyhow so yeah my reach is from the united states which is like 78 percent of my podcast and then it's like 14 in canada then it goes down from there it goes to germany united kingdom brazil france australia rwanda the netherlands denmark argentina jamaica israel romania the philippines the ivory coast and I guess there's a few after that. 
my podcast has actually gone on pretty good so far. I'm surprised. It's just me rambling on talking about various topics or, you know, um, just life, my life in most cases. <clears throat> you know, I can tell you honestly, if you're somebody thinking about doing a podcast, don't be scared. If you have a lot to say or a lot to offer or you um, roll in circles with a lot of um, interesting people, I would definitely say give it a try. Why not? I'm on Apple <laughs> for sure. 60% of my, 62% of my um, largest audience listens on Apple. Then there's the people who listen by various ways on the web browsers, Anchor, Spotify, Overcast, Amazon, and others. You know, and I can get into some more of my uh, analytics. <laughs> well, people love that word these days, but I won't. <laughs> so anyhow, if you've always wanted to do a podcast and you have something to say, I say, why not try? You know? Okay, let's see. I wanted to talk about something. And it has to do with the QP um, impending strike or action, work action, job action, whatever they want to talk about. But um, sometimes people ask, what do educational assistants do? And... I just wanted to go over that a little bit because, and yeah, I have some experience with it, of course. Um, I also have had children in the education system in Ontario, and I was a student in Ontario. And this, first of all, let me, hold on, let me start up. Let me let me rewind a little bit. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Anything I say is entertainment. Check your facts, please. This podcast is not pointing fingers at any one person, any one agency, company, um, government or government official or individual. This is just a general conversation. Okay. So an educational assistant, also called a teacher's assistant, work with teachers and students alike. These professionals assist teachers in instruction, delivery, and other students learning support. That's all kinds of behaviors. That's being kicked, punched, bitten, throws chair thrown at your head, um, random balls, <laughs> and all kinds of stuff. Supporting children can include directly assisting children with particular needs or helping them with learning difficulties, which is usually the main thing. 
These professionals may work with individuals or groups of children. Educational assistants are responsible for performing duties like supervision, class preparation, behavioral monitoring, talking, sorry, taking attendance, paperwork, management. Um, it's along the lines of basically just working with teachers. Also running groups, clubs, recess duties, um, coaching, and a whole host of other things. Not to mention, not only in the regular classrooms, but a lot, most, almost all educational assistants come into contact with students living with autism or who are um, learning challenged in various ways behaviorally challenged in various ways these people have to like working with children and in my in my history of seeing educational assistants they tend to like children a lot more than even the teachers do in most cases in many cases not all of course because they're just people, just like teachers. So you'll have those who are doing it for the paycheck. But when we're going to talk about that in a little bit, you'll probably see that for somebody to be working as an educational assistant, doing it for the paycheck is probably not the reason in most cases, because the paycheck is very, very, very low. Um, they must be a team player. And the reason why as an educational assistant, you'd have to be a team player is because honestly, you're expendable is the best, the best way to put it. You can, even if you're really good at your job, you can be replaced like that. So anyhow, settle in. <laughs> Remember, this is your right. This is your probably right. Sorry podcast i'm pouring and trying to talk at the same time and you're welcome at my house anytime hear that <laughs> cool they have to be effective communicators but going back to the must be a team player as an educational assistant you're very expendable and therefore people can replace you very easily as so they think <laughs> if you talk to any teachers who are honest and who are real team players they will tell you there are many classrooms that could not run without educational assistance but unfortunately educational assistance when it comes to the hierarchy and trust me there is a crazy hierarchy well it's not crazy but there is a hierarchy definitely a hierarchy in the school systems and educational assistants generally are at the bottom maybe sometimes a little bit above the average caretaker and maybe or probably above say a lunchroom teacher um or a lunchroom assistant however you would um to you know but yes educational assistants, assistants have to be effective communicators they have to be good at planning um, their organizational skills have to be good there they have to be able to know a lot about a lot of different things whereas you know 
you'll have a teacher and say they're a math teacher, they know a lot about math. They may not necessarily know a lot about English. Some may even, their English may not even be that good, or they may not know much about science or gym or history or geography or like, and that's just talking about a math teacher. Although usually math teachers are on the higher end of things when it comes to the hierarchy in a school system and that, you know, the STEM, <laughs> um, that's just like university, getting into university courses and knowing that sciences and maths generally, um, I guess, are a lot more involved, maybe someone would say, or just more difficult depending on how you want to say it. Sometimes I wonder why the streaming has started in math and you've heard me say it very many, many times before. Why didn't they start the streaming in English? But that's a whole nother story, but whatever, what do I know? <laughs> um, but educational systems are very important to the school system. And, you know, QP has started this. Um, I, I even heard it on the radio one day and it was like this, it says, a union representing educational workers in Ontario has launched a new campaign arguing that salaries of 39000 per year is not enough amid contract negotiations with the provincial government. Now you might be thinking, hmm, 39000 not bad. Well, 39000 isn't bad per se, but what if you're a parent and you have kids? What if you're a single mother? What if you're a single father and you're working on a $39,000 salary per year? How does that work out? Well, let's see. In Ontario, in 2022, the average cost of a bed, a one bedroom apartment is $1,446 per month. And then it says the on, let's see, 2022, 80% of average market rent is. Okay, so that's, there's, I guess they're saying it should be a thousand, maybe 1157, but the average one bedroom is 1446. Two bedrooms is 1703. So if you're looking at somebody who's making, 39,000 and I can tell you that that person probably makes about $25 $25 an hour in most cases so just on average and it might be that actually might be low but we'll just use 25 so let's just say I make $25 an hour and I multiply that by usually it's about 35 hours a week so we'll do 35 times 25 625 per week is that right <laughs> let me see that again 25 times 35 no sorry 875 there we go a week times that by two that's 1750 but after they take out all the taxes and all of the different things <laughs> that you pay for out of your paycheck, it goes down to about maybe a thousand and say twenty five dollars. 
a paycheck. And remember, you're already paying. We're just saying this person, let's just say this person's living in a one bedroom apartment, right? So that's what you're getting for two weeks. And then you multiply, let's just time that by two. So you got $2,000 to work with. Because one thing people don't understand is the reason why the paycheck is like, it sounds like it's half decent, but you're only a 10 month employee also. So that means that at when kid, when the kids are off, you're not getting paid. So the two weeks and the two months in the summer, you're not getting paid. You have to go on EI or you can look for a job that's going to hire you for two months and then you can quit. So unlike the teachers who make, I would say, if you're just a beginning teacher starting out, you probably start at about 58,000 a year, right? Now, somebody who's making 39,000 as an EA is probably making that no matter how long they've been with the boards. So just talking, just sticking to this because I really don't know all the different um, dealings and the different contracts, but could you imagine this? Just say you're just paying, you're trying to live on your own and you're making $2,000 every month and you have to pay 1446 of that for rent. How do you eat? What car are you driving? What insurance are you paying? And I assume you wear clothes, which you can't, show up as an EA in the average school wearing George tracksuits from Walmart. Do you understand? That's why 39,000 isn't enough. And um, like people don't get that. And, you know, I, I hope that they would start to have some more respect for people who do this job. They help the teachers out tremendously. They stand out in the cold with your children when it's minus 15 outside, just standing there making sure that little Johnny and little Susie are okay and there's no crazy person running across the yard or they're not being bullied or beaten up in the yard or they're allowing and giving them, they're, they're, sorry, they're providing another body with the teacher to ensure that the students are learning and they're all being interacted with an adult in a learning environment. They are helping to coach teams. They are helping students to stay on track who have learning disabilities or who are living with autism and need that extra guidance. I mean, you have a teacher in a classroom with 20 to 25 students at any one time. Educational assistants are important and the pay that these people wanna give, this is the average the average, they're saying that 39,000 is not enough for education workers or anyone. And some might be sitting here saying, you know, I'm making $15 an hour. Well, yeah, you know, 
The funny thing is, the Ontario government raised the minimum wage from 14 to 15, and people all thought this was good. And who thought this was good? The people making nine and ten dollars an hour thought this was good. But what people have now found out is is that most part-time jobs are paying people fifteen dollars an hour. If you're lucky, you get eighteen, maybe twenty. They've actually lowered the other the other um, pay increases that people get. What about the people who are making fifteen dollars an hour and they worked their way up from nine and now they're making minimum wage again? cost of living has gone up tremendously buying anything from toothpaste to gas has gone up to rent to clothes this money is a shame i'm just being honest with you i mean if you want to pay these these um individuals 39,000 a year then how about pay them through the summer just like the teachers so maybe they can get a little a little vacation time. Because the reality is, in the summertime, educational assistants have to stay in the country. Otherwise, they don't get EI. They don't qualify. So then where does your money come from? You're not getting a stipend. You're not getting some extra money to do the things that you would like to do at all. Really, you're... So let's look at it. Okay. Because I'm, I'm really trying to get a, I'm trying to give a picture and, you know, somehow I don't think I'm giving you a good picture. So school starts in September, right? You work and then you get your holidays at Thanksgiving, you know, like everybody else, you get a day for Thanksgiving because you've been on the job for a while and you're full-timer, sure. Christmas comes for that week, you're not getting paid. You're off. Yes, you're off, but it's not a paid vacation. You, They throw a 4% on your paycheck every paycheck also. That's for your, your vacation that you don't really get. Because if you want to go away as a, as a, as an educational assistant, then you have to declare you're out of the country and there's no pay for you on that vacation. I guess if you're able to save your 4%, which not really, because, you know, cost of living and because of the deductions that you get and the taxes that they take out of your paycheck, you don't have enough money in most cases, unless you have somebody making a lot more money that you happen to be, you know, a partner with at a home or, you know, in your home, like a husband or whatever, or a wife. Um, that's not a lot of money. And as I said before, you get your, you get Christmas off with your kids or with, with the kids when the kids are off. And then you get your time off at March break when the kids are off, but neither of those times you are paid. And then the big, huge supposed vacation that you'll have a lot of other people complaining about, about the summertime your educational assistants do not get paid in the summertime. Not those who are in line or who are under QP. Now you do have some educational assistants, which are, you know, CYWs, um, child and youth workers, or CYCs, child and youth um, counselors, and a few others that are in the mix that happen to be under the umbrella of the teachers union. 
they might be lucky enough. If they're under the teachers union now, they will get maybe four or $5,000 for the summer and you figure it out kind of thing. But they, and I think they can still go on EI, but I'm not 100% sure. But understand that the educational assistants have no choice but to go on um, employment um, insurance on the summertime, otherwise they won't get money. As I said before, there's not very many companies that are gonna hire you just for the summer. And if they're hiring you just for the summer, then you're getting hired as if you were 16 or 17 years old. So, you know, it's not that great of a life. I know people think it's amazing because they get the summers off, because they get um, Christmas off and all these different breaks, but you're not getting paid. And that's part of the reason why the money is so low. If they kept the money at where it is, but then also pay these individuals through the summer at some level, then it wouldn't even be half as bad. But, you know, money talks. And if you don't make a lot of it, do you have very little respect in the school boards and you're replaceable. You're replaceable. The, the, lower your, the lower your paycheck is, the more replaceable you are. That's the bottom line. You might say, you know, that comes with skill. Well, you know, it's funny. We just came out of a pandemic, right? We just came out of a time where people, students, teachers, or whatever, everybody was locked off and at home. And there's a, a lot of educational workers who have other um, specialties or other um, education that would allow them to do other things like counseling. There's there's educational assistants that have degrees in sociology, degrees in social work, um, diplomas in social work. They have, um, some have um, certificates or diplomas in educational assisting. But, you know, some of these people are qualified to even counsel, but they're not used in that way. There's many people who have come over from different countries with their different um, credentials and they're not accepted in the same way. Or maybe there's English barrier. So therefore, because their English isn't where it should be or how they deem it should be. Therefore, these people are not used in any capacity that would make sense to their level of education. But, you know, that's the world. Or let's see, they've started to hire a lot of people to be assistants in schools with students who speak other languages and they're paying these people the bare minimum. Or, you know, they'll have this, the, the lunchroom teacher who will hire the lunchroom assistant who will come in and help with the students at lunchtime, but they're paying them close to minimum wage to deal with all the attitudes, the behaviors and most of the students know this isn't my teacher and if I'm going to lip off at anybody it's going to be the lunchroom lady but we're going to pay the lunchroom lady the minimum wage or close to it you know it's not right so I just wanted to say this you know most of the people who work in these jobs can only say their two cents and try to you know back up why you know their pay their their pay or their breaks are the way they are to people who are not familiar with the system but it's not all a bed of roses i mean the average adult knows how bad they behaved in school 
and just to know that somebody's getting paid not very handsomely to take care of students who are not always well behaved or you know standing outside for 50 minutes at a lunch period i mean educational assistants have to do it for the whole every break so if it's let's just say it's winter time and yes in ontario there is winter because it's like six months out of the year the weather is jacket weather or worse <laughs> and these people have to go outside with the kids who are playing in the snow sure playing in the snow at 12 years old is different from standing in snow at 40 or 45 or 50 and not playing in the snow just keeping your eye on other people's children so why don't these people get paid better nobody knows they look at the education and say okay well teachers have education well teachers in most cases have an undergrad a lot of them have a master's and they go to teacher college or they, they don't have a master's you can slide in with uh, an undergrad and you can go to teachers college you can slide in with some different courses there's different ways to get in in many cases some of these people have maybe two years more of education not necessarily experience because I've seen very many educational assistants help teachers if you want to say help but a lot of time no more sometimes you go in a classroom and it's shocking not only because the teacher is humble which is nice to see but oftentimes the educational assistant knows more in various um, areas and topics than the teacher does and it's beautiful to see when teachers have respect for their assistants in their rooms and they don't try to teach treat them as the hired help of the schools and they're included but that's not usually the case the parents oh yeah the parents usually love the educational assistants because they help out with their students as do the ECEs that work in the student the schools as well the early childhood education workers and teachers they do a lot with the younger ones but again they're educational assistants they're underneath the QB so just want to talk about that for a little bit I know I've probably not stated the case very good but I mean I'm the only one on seemingly are the only person on here trying to say anything about it just differently from those who usually speak about such things so all I'm saying is if you have an opportunity to support educational workers know that you're not supporting just the teachers you are supporting the regular folk who make probably less than you do take care of your children and your friends' children and your family's children. Okay? So just think about it. These people are not getting rich. And it says the average, the average educational worker that are not teachers get that pay. So in that, you have the caretakers again and all of the different types of educational assistants you have the people who work in the office they are qp2 and qp sorry qp stands for the canadian union of public employees so once you go into the school the people who work in the office 
that are not the principal and the vice principal, they're part of the QP. Um, all the educational assistants in some boards, the CYCs and the CYWs, but usually just the CYWs who are the child and youth workers and the caretakers and other workers who work around the school. And I'm saying, we all know supply and demand. So the basic economics, if you are not going to pay somebody a good wage, they're not going to be in that job for a long time. And then you're, they're going to basically <laughs> try to get out as quick as they can in most cases. And then you're dealing with the riffraff. So I'm saying if you want to keep the education of some type of quality and you don't want your educational assistance to be competition for jobs elsewhere, then what I'm saying is you need to support these people if they do have to go on a job action or consider them when you are electing officials such as your education ministers. And this is across um, Canada. This is across the United States. Why not? I'm not sure what happens in Britain, but um, you have a teacher who's teaching 25 kids or 20 kids. They can't see everything. They can't give personal time to every student every day. It's just not going to happen. Now, it's fine if you have a neurotypical average, say, B student. But if you have a child who's struggling to keep the C's up or struggling to stay in their seat or struggling to stay on task or with behavioral um, problems or issues or living with autism yeah you have an autism you have a class for autism but you'll have one teacher and you'll have you don't want like random riffraff in the classrooms with these teachers who are teaching students with autism because the kids just won't get the education they need they won't get the help they need from one individual sitting there with a, you know two or three individuals who have no clue you know, the school is a stressful place. Why do you think they make all the fun about kids going back to school and how happy the parents are? Because after two months, it's hard for parents to even deal with their own kids. Now, of course, childhood doesn't last forever, but they're a new batch every year, right? So, yeah. And... Whoa, what was that? That was strange. I'm not sure what that smacking sound was. But um, I just wanted to say a little bit that there needs to be some respect for these people. There needs to be some care and they need to be able to be paid a decent wage if you want the better part of the workforce. The hardworking and knowledgeable and experienced and <laughs> here's another thing no I won't even say it forget it <laughs> I won't say it you will not get me to say it no I will say it when you're considering a holiday gift 
for a teacher, if you know that you have a support staff or an educational assistant in that classroom working, especially if they're working with your child, think of them too. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Maybe an apple for the teacher. Nothing's wrong with giving a, a, an apple <laughs> to your support staff as well. Let's keep it like that and keep it simple. Okay, I have probably bored you enough about that topic, and that's not usually my thing, so I probably do sound off a little bit. <sighs> but, um, <clears throat> yeah, it is what it is. What else can I talk about today? You know, it's cool to use your platform to help people when you can. And I generally can't in most cases unless somebody is really, really interested in a, in a topic. But I'm um, in this case, because I have actual listeners, I can, you know, lend my voice where most people don't lend a voice. Most people who have come up or come out of don't say anything. I mean, even the people going through the problems generally don't say anything. They just kind of schlep along, <laughs> you know. And it's sad because these individuals have to take all kinds of abuse from other people saying that, you know, they're not worth this and they're not worth that. And a lot of these people who work these jobs are new immigrants or new Canadians or, you know, they, they're divorced or separated moms or se separated or divorced dads just trying to make ends meet for their kids and figured, yeah, let me get into education. I may not have a master's in education or I never had the opportunity to go to teacher's college, but I am good with kids and I do know a lot about different things. And yeah, so it's like, why not have respect for people? Why haven't schools decided that, you know what? I mean, I know that some boards have decided that they're going to pay people for their know-how in different areas. And that's usually now the um, trades. And why? Because there's a lot of teachers who literally know how to turn pages and use applications and type on keyboards. But they don't have a lot of those basic, not basic, those skilled trades, you know, just sitting in the back pocket kind of thing like you can't just grab the average English teacher and tell her to go teach, um, what do you call it, aesthetics. You know, they're not, they may not know how to cut hair. <laughs> they may not know how to do woodworking or mechanic shop or electric shop shop or the various um, home economic courses and stuff like that. So you'll get people who are chefs coming in and teaching kids about some of the stuff. You'll get a mechanic coming in and they can slide over with their credentials in those various um, other places and actually get a year of teachers college and become um, certified teachers in some boards because that's not all boards. And then there you have the amounts that some individuals are paid in separate school boards as opposed to the regular public school boards where they will be getting paid less for who knows what reason I'm saying if you have a regular governing body or if you have an education minister then why isn't the money straight 
the same across the board? Are you saying that only students who are in the Toronto District School Board deserve a living wage as a CYW? Because if you take it across to another board and that same individual working the same job with possibly even more um, responsibilities is getting paid about thirteen dollars to $14,000 less a year. And that doesn't make any sense. And that's why sometimes, again, people will say, oh, yeah, well, you make this and you make that. I have a friend who does this job. It's like, no, it varies from board to board. And the jobs, your contracts. I know an individual who signed a contract um, as an as a educational assistant. And there was a mistake on it. Even though it was signed, sealed and delivered, they realized they made a mistake. They fully said that um, we're sending you a new contract. The money isn't as good as you thought it was. And you got to sign this. And if you don't sign it, you don't get the job. But it's like he already signed off on what you offered. But now you've changed the, the compensation for the job. You should just suck it up. But no, they will find some type of loophole and basically disqualify you from keeping said job. So you just have to take what you can get. Whereas if you were part of the teachers union, then you would have somebody willing to fight for you. Whereas in QP, which is kind of funny, their representatives in most cases or stewards or whatever it is, are generally just other QP members. They don't have like said lawyers or whatever that say the teachers will have. There's just a huge discrepancy in how you are paid and how you are treated as a support staff. So yes, when they say that 39,000 isn't enough, it isn't enough, but they don't get into depth about what these people actually have to deal with and what they go through supporting students at school, whether it's cleaning toilets, whether it's running groups, whether it's assisting in the autism room, whether it's in the, it's in the office, you know, just the very various jobs that you could possibly be doing. So respect these people too. I wish there was so much I could say, so much more I could say. I wish I actually, in this case, I wish I actually interviewed somebody who knows a lot about this subject and who maybe worked in this, that they could give you their really day-to-day life because it is important. Teachers are important. Don't get me wrong. So any teachers who are listening to this, don't be offended. I'm not, I've never said that your money is not, you're not worth your money because you are. I mean, you're shaping tomorrow's children. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) tomorrow's adults. (laughs) You're shaping the children of the future. I mean, you're shaping the children who are going to be responsible for keeping things running when we're seniors. So we definitely don't want a bunch of idiots. So teachers are worth the money. (laughs) Um, it, It is sad that the discrepancy in pay for educational workers who are not teachers, though, because when that happens, you know, when someone says, you know, you're a dime a dozen, I mean, if something's a dime a dozen, I'm just not going to care about it that much. It's just that simple. But lift that money up a little bit and you get the cream of the crop educational assistance education gets better respect get gets better students learn more 
because you're getting people who are getting paid and who have made a career of this who are doing it for more than say four years because most people usually crap out after that time because the money's just not enough so i'm saying if you want to bolster our education system then what you do is you pay people more not less not figure out how to be cheap because you will get good people in these jobs the reason why healthcare in Canada has been in the past, which is changing now, because apparently you're having some of the same problems in the healthcare system as well. But when you pay people more, they tend to do a better job because they have more to lose. But when you pay somebody the money that they could probably work by just selling clothes in a boutique or less than what they'd make cutting hair somewhere or whatever the case is, then you're not going to get the cream of the crop. You're not going to keep these people in these jobs. You're not going to have experienced education workers in school. So yeah, you'll have a lot of bumbling idiots. That's the reality. Anyhow, I think I've rambled on enough about this and I'm just like, just think about it. I wish I, I should do a call to action on this this um case maybe i will um hopefully you're <laughs> somewhat happy with my little presentation of talking about the education workers i know it's probably not the best presentation <laughs> could have got someone who knows a lot more about it but um yeah that's about it anyhow this is mcm and this is you're probably right thank you for tuning in to my first-time listeners, my last-time listeners, to my sometimes fair-weather friend listeners, I appreciate you all. Again, this show is for entertainment purposes only. I do not profess to know anything, and I do not profess to be a professor about anything, maybe in life or maybe just my life. Okay? Do your own research. Study and know what it is you want to know. But don't depend on me for the little things. No. <laughs> okay. Anyhow, take care. Sam CM. Peace out. Hey, come check out You Probably Write Podcast. Society is getting more unpredictable every day, but at the same time, predictable in its unpredictability. Say that four times real fast. Come with me as I attempt to find clarity in all the fog while staying way outside the box and kicking the box way down the road with my size 12 docks. <laughs> I use the Bible, experience, education, fortune, misfortune, life's lessons, life's mistakes to sort through all the mess. I talk about news, God, uh oh, yeah, God, self help, sports, sickness, health, music, parenting, love, humbleness, hurt, pain, joy, and all the things that might make you say, hmm, I never thought of it that way. Hopefully, anyway. Also, I take a stab at answering tough and not so tough questions and all the while understand that listen sometimes you end up in the hot seat and there's no thermostat well that's how it is here and because there's no topic well very few topics off the table Torontonians will understand that Doug Ford reference there <laughs> hopefully the podcast will be helpful and uplifting and hey 
Maybe you'll find your own private Idaho here somewhere. Hope to see you soon.